Hey Gems, welcome back to the show. Let's not waste any time and jump straight into the topic. I want to address an elephant in the room, that being family financial crisis as well as family financial feuds. And, you know, I've mentioned before, like I am not a financial advisor or professional. I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. Majority of my clients happen to be individual women um, working through anxiety, depression, trauma. But despite that being my specialty and what I thought I was doing therapy for and on with clients, I often hear almost in every single session that comes up are finances, personal finances and someone's struggle or how they're dealing with um, with their personal finances and it being a stressor, as well as dealing with family conflict around finances, whether that's requests for money, whether that's an expectation to meet certain needs um, for family members. And this is across the board. Um, And so I wanted to make sure that I don't do you all a disservice in taking the time to honor and kind of start to dissect what that looks like, because it can be really difficult to navigate these waters. It can be really uncomfortable when you have these conversations, when you have, you know, when you have um, gatherings based on, you know, what's going on in your family. And it can look different as well. So if we're talking about requests for money, right? Sometimes, you know, there seems to be a tendency in some families for, you know, few people to to change or live differently than the other people in their family, if that makes sense. This is nothing based on judgment or anything like that. There's no better than or or worse than. It's just maybe some people have a tendency to really focus on themselves, really focus on independence and and trying to position themselves um, financially to whatever, be able to take care of themselves. And then that person becomes the go-to sometimes in a family for um, crisis and emergencies. And there's two sides to that, right? There's the side of, for that person, how um, they probably have a genuine desire to provide, to support, to be there for their family members no matter what. However, that also creates an immense amount of pressure for that person to to step up every single time, to perform, to provide, um, which can be challenging. That can create pressure in their relationships, in their romantic relationships. Let's say they're married and, you know, the the married couple have to make collective financial decisions in order to stay on the same page. However, if one of the people in the in the relationship is really pulled or drawn to support their family and it begins to affect their immediate household, that can be really challenging. For the family members who are making the requests, right, they have a genuine need typically, but sometimes it's that, you know, maybe certain family members don't have the financial literacy to be able to uh, change their behavior or elevate past, um, 
kind of repeating the same lessons, repeating the same experiences financially. So it leads them to maybe exhibiting a pattern of struggling or finding themselves in a certain position. I think it's difficult for the person being requested of the money um, over time to continue to meet that request if they feel like there's a pattern of behavior that has not changed. Um, I think that it it's difficult because it puts the person that's being requested um, in a position where they either have to create certain boundaries and have these really difficult conversations that may be met uh, with conflict, with criticism, um, with derogatory, like with with uncomfortable ways, you know, with punishment. Sometimes people will punish um, those who don't meet their needs. So it puts that person in a catch-22 kind of place as far as, you know, what to do. And then as, at least as Black people, I feel like we have a, a narrative of loyalty, like ride or die. And so it's like, so some people gonna have to die because, you know, the riding is difficult. So yeah, I think it's challenging because we have this narrative that you're supposed to be a ride or die. You're supposed to always be there no matter what. But when when does that evolve into something else? You know, it, I think that financial literacy is something that we need to be hopefully um, inspiring as many people as possible to engage in because as we all are able to better understand how to um, position ourselves better, then it helps the entire family to grow and, and thrive as opposed to there being this one person that's the successful person um, and everyone else kind of looking to them that it would be that everyone in the family is is um, pacing and able to work through their roadblocks, whether they're personal, professional, whatever the case may be. And so that would really make the family, that's generational wealth. Generational wealth, I don't think is just about money. It's about cultivating an environment where the relationships are thriving, where everyone is building together, where they're using collectively each person's skills to the best ability. And um, the mindsets are the wealth, you know, the way of being is the wealth um, and the the energetic um, space that they create as a family is creating a wealthy, abundant environment for things to grow. And money is one of those things that can grow in that in that way. So um, it's difficult to say no to requests, right, because of potential punishment, potential ostracizing, um, being called a sellout, um, you know, being called whatever the case may be. I think it's really difficult to have those conversations and have to deal with the repercussions of what that could potentially look like. When you say yes to a request, what does what does that mean, and what does that look like? Are you know does are there stipulations on the request that you make? Um, do you say okay, well I need you to take financial peace if I'm going to give you this amount of money? Um, I feel like if money is being given away, it has to be given. Uh, man, it's so difficult. <laughs> it has to be given. I say give without expecting. Give without expecting the money back. Don't give when you don't have it to give. That's a problem because if you if your needs are not met, it's really difficult to meet anyone else's needs and it's not sustainable and it leads to resentment over time. Because when you see this person on Instagram and they've got this new outfit on, but they owe you money, you're going to feel some type of way. When you see them at Thanksgiving and they are talking about how they just went on a trip, but they owe you money, you're going to feel some type of way. The borrower is slave to the lender. And so it changes the nature of, you know, your relationship. Um, 
And it has to be really, you have to be really intentional about how you want to go about doing it because you have no, um, you have, there's going to be natural consequences regardless. If we don't have the conversation, there's going to be consequences. If we do have the conversation, there's going to be consequences and you get to decide hopefully which path you want to go down intentionally to at least know what to expect in that situation to best kind of prepare yourself for that. Um, it's just so challenging. And I even struggle having the conversation because uh, I'm not telling, I don't, I, I, I'm never advising anyone on what to do. I just like to provide the information to hit on topics that I feel are not being discussed and had, especially culturally among our people and in our community. It has to be a conversation. We have to talk about these things, um, prying into people's finances. So asking how or what someone is doing with their money, um, if it's not in a way that's not productive and supportive and helpful, it's one thing to say, hey, like, you know, this is what I'm doing in my financial journey. Like, what are you doing in yours? How can I support you? Or like, so what are you spending your money on? Or what are you doing? Or can you even afford that? That's a different, that's a different delivery that invites a different energetic, you know, space and a different conversation altogether. And so it's really um, challenging to learn how to deflect uh and redirect the the dance that someone is trying to start with you. The way that we start conversations is an invitation to do a dance. And the dance can be a fun one or the dance could be a hot mess one. <laughs> um, family might pressure, uh, you know, try to pressure you into making deals or into investing in certain ways or doing certain things. I think being able to do your own work so that you can rest um confidently on what you know your goals are and not be pulled or swayed or influenced um, by other people easily is important. And again, those conversations and how we navigate them is really going to make a huge difference. At the end of the day, you have to live with yourself and the decisions that you've made. And while other people may not be happy with those decisions at the time, hopefully they come to understand. But even if someone is mad at you, even if someone cuts you off you know, God forbid, or whatever the case may be. If you are doing what you feel is aligning your thoughts, feelings, and actions, you will experience less suffering than if you go against yourself. When you go against yourself, there's no resolving that. It's really difficult. It's really, really, really difficult, I have to say. So, um, you know, the expectations in families can be really challenging as far as, uh, as, expecting for certain family members to do things a certain way without a conversation, just, you know, making assumptions. That's the way. Making assumptions about what someone can and can't do and then being upset with them when they don't do what you want them to is really difficult to manage. And so there's a lot of layers to this conversation. I'm throwing this small snippet out there um, to see if there are any more specific parts of it that you want to hear about. Um, there's the whole piece of inheritance. Oh my goodness. Um, because a lot of the times in families, we know, you know, death leads to disaster oftentimes. And so if there are no plans in place, no solid, clear 
outline plans. This is so this is why it's so necessary to have estate planning and wills in order and all of that stuff so that when someone passes away, we can avoid the disaster and and allow space for healing and grief instead of, you know, it turning into conflict and um, drama because this person wants this and that person wants that. And, you know, this person's mad at the decision that was made about this. If it's all clearly outlined and we've had the conversation before the person passed away, um, or at least it's already kind of set in stone and it is what it is, then we can avoid so much pain and heartache. But it's, we have to have more of these conversations. We have to talk about the importance of estate planning. We have to make sure that we're actually implementing it. I'm saying that, but I haven't even done a will or anything yet. I need to. This is me reminding myself. <laughs> um, but there's so many pieces of this, and I just have been seeing, you know, a lot recently or just connecting the dots and finally ripping off the band-aid because some topics I really struggle with having conversations around because I never want to offend. I never want to, you know, um, be disrespectful, especially as it pertains to family, but it just seems like there are some some patterns in families that we have to address in order to to do better and heal to move forward. So I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope that this conversation, you know, can be one that's helpful and let you know that, you know, if this is something that you're dealing with, that you're not alone, and that a lot of people have um, these questions and these concerns. But I really do, you know, want to make sure that I honor um, where you're at and let you know that I see you, I hear you, I get where you're coming from. And, you know, if you have any more specific questions around family feuds, dealing with finances, please feel free to let me know. Um, and I want to thank uh, Sonia, or I think it's Sonia Nicole, left a, a five-star review on Apple Podcasts saying, Gem Dropper, I just discovered this podcast within the last two days, and I love the undertone of loving yourself and choosing you. It's something like my personal mantra. This podcast challenges us to be unapologetic while dealing with real issues. We are worth more than we often bargain and settle for. Jacent, you encourage us to vibrate higher, and I appreciate your work in the mental health space and our relationship with money. You are indeed a gem. Thank you for your sharing, or sorry, I can't even talk. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and this platform with the world. Thank you. I appreciate you. And I'm so thankful that this podcast has been helpful in whatever way. That is my only goal is to put out content that is adding value to your life, helping you to better understand yourself, your life circumstances, so that we can continue to collectively heal and move forward together. I appreciate you, Gems, and I will talk to you next time. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the podcast, you have a few options. You can subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to it, and you'll be notified as new episodes are uploaded. You can also leave a review or send me your feedback. Doing so helps me to create content that's relevant to what you want to hear about. And last, you can share the podcast with a friend. Whether it's directly or sharing it on your social media, it helps them to know that you think that this is information that they need to hear about. Thank you.